What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Guest Friday, uh, not your average Boston sports podcast. I am your host, Garrett Hayden. As always, you can listen to the podcast on Twitter, or uh, you can follow our social on Twitter and Facebook. I got a little trip up there. You can listen to the podcast on um, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can uh, follow our socials, Twitter and Facebook. Uh, today's Guest Friday guest is a uh, re- recurring guest. Uh, my good friend, Evan Greasing. Evan, what's up, man? Hey, good to be back on. Um, I feel like, you know, the weather's a little better since we were last on. I feel like last time we were talking about Poppy and his induction to the Hall of Fame. So mm. now we got baseball right around the corner. Baseball was still locked out from us when we were chatting last time. So yeah. owners and players got something together and uh, we got we got a baseball season starting next week. So happy to be on and uh, excited to chat about it with you. Yeah, yeah, it's really exciting. You know, it's funny, yeah, the the last time that we spoke, you know, I think we joked about, oh, you know, will they be playing baseball the next time we talk? So uh, it's good that they, you know, come to an agreement, you know, spring training is just kind of wild. Uh, free agency has been kind of wild too. Um, you know, the Red Sox have made some moves, but excited to, to get into this. So previewing uh, what should be a exciting season for the Red Sox this year. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that, um, end of 2021 brought back a lot of Red Sox fandom and a lot of, a lot of energy around the team, you know, for, you know, sports fans like us, I don't think it ever, ever died, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, with the wild card game against the Yankees, that raucous home crowd last October, mm-hmm. um, there was just so much energy around the team. And I think people really bought into that postseason run. So I think that the energy is still there going into this season. So I think there's, you know, the team's going to be able to capitalize on that and um, should be really exciting 2022 season. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think all of us around here are hoping that they can uh, build off the the year that they had last year, kind of the surprising uh, year that they had last year. I mean, I think coming off of 2020, the, you know, weird pandemic season, whatever that was, you know, was kind of a disaster for the Red Sox. And so I think you know, coming into last season, doing as well as they did without really any expectation, you know, I think is um, just very exciting. Um, And I think we'll talk about it later in terms of, you know, what these expectations now are for the team. But I think, um, yeah, just going to be really excited, looking forward to a season opener. Season opener is, I believe, uh, a week from, I believe it's a week from today. You got it. Yep. Next Thursday at one o'clock down yeah, in the Bronx, awesome. taking on the Yankees. Yeah. yeah. That's always a, always a great way to, to, to start the season. You know what the worst day of the year though is it's that off day in between opening day and then the next game. Oh yeah. Like that, maybe that's just the avid baseball fan of me, but like they play one game and I'm like, yes, baseball's back. And then the next day they're off and I'm like, Oh, <sighs> I really need baseball. Even though I hadn't had it for like six months beforehand. So, yeah. um, so I figured uh, to start uh, to start today, we'll uh, talk about um, some of the offseason additions that they've brought in and uh, where they fit in. You know, I think some of the things they did before the lockout, you know, bringing in uh, Jackie Bradley, you know, signing uh, some guys like Michael Walker and James Paxton, who I think a lot of people forget about. You know, I think he's recovering from Tommy John. I'm unclear about whether or when he might return. Um, but then obviously post lockout, the big signing of Trevor Story, um, you know, obviously a, a big bat 
Um, so Evan, just taking a look at the some of those additions, um, what are what are your opinion on the guys that they brought in, and where do you think they fit in? Yeah, no, that's a it's a great question, Garrett, and like a, a, definitely a lot to a lot to unpack there. So like, let's start with you know, let's start with JBJ. So Jackie Bradley, he uh, traded for um, Hunter Renfro, um, traded Hunter Renfro to Milwaukee, got Jackie Bradley and a couple prospects. I think that the deal probably was centered around more around the prospects. You know, Red Sox acquired Alex Vinales. I don't uh, think that's how you say his last name. Um, He'll be kind of a third base uh, prospect, like probably starting the year off in Portland in double A. But, you know, obviously we're all very familiar with Jackie and his, what he brings to the team. So got that major league talent there. So I think, you know, with, I think the expectation for Jackie this year is to really, you know, showcase his defense. He's going to be switching over to right field likely. Um, and will probably, you know, hit lower in the lineup, but really, you know, I think he can bring his center field prowess that we all remember from his earlier days into right field and play that really well at Fenway. So super excited about, um, about JBJ being back. You know, I think it's sometimes, on the batting side can cannot be as strong, but um, you know, he does show flashes sometimes. I think last year was just a historically down year for him too in, in Milwaukee. So I think a change of scenery back to Boston will be good. Um, yeah. And love to get your thoughts there too. I feel like um, going next into Waka. Um, I think that Waka is a guy that, you know, I think it's really interesting. They took a flyer on, you know, had had a tough, tough time in, in 2020 and parts of 2021 showed some end of year improvement in his stats at the end of 2021. And I think that, you know, from a mechanic standpoint and from a stuff standpoint, it's there. Um, I think it's going to be a little, a little hit or miss, especially early in the season. You know, he has a, about four, four ERA um, so far this spring. So not terrible. Um, And he's got his pitches working. So I think it'll be a mixed bag, but on a one-year deal, I think they kind of had the room to do that. He'll obviously need to take a, you know, a bit of an extended role in the, in the rotation, given um, the injury to Chris sale, mm-hmm. um, as I'm sure we'll talk about too, but um, I like both signings. I think those two JBJ and Waka will be pieces, but not maybe as much as, you know, a Trevor story as I'm sure we'll talk about soon, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, yeah. Those are kind of my thoughts on, on JBJ and Waka. Yeah. You know, I think um, you mentioned losing Chris sale. I mean, I think, Waka is one of those guys that is going to need to, you know, pull his weight at the beginning of the year. Um, you know, Jackie, I think that obviously we know what he can do defensively. You know, I think honestly, the way I look at it, anything he can give you offensively is a plus. Um, you know, I think the hope is maybe bringing him back to Fenway, bringing him back to, you know, an organization and a team that he's familiar with, you know, might help him a little bit offensively. Um, but I think, um, you know, and we'll talk about this later. I think that, you know, certainly they're losing some of the power that Hunter Renfro gave them last year, but, you know, hopefully there are other guys in the lineup that can, you know, pick up, pick up the slack there. Yeah, no, for sure. I think I really liked Hunter as a player. I thought he was very, had a lot of tools. I thought, you know, he had a strong arm in the outfield, played really good defense and did have, did have a good bat. So I think it, it definitely will be a loss for the team. But I do think there are guys that will kind of step up in his place, guys that will overperform last year that have been on a tear so far this spring. They'll continue to hit well. And then also, you know, the signing of, of um, our new second baseman, Trevor Story, as well, definitely factors into that. So what are your, what are your thoughts about the, the Story signing? 
yeah, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see him, you know, out of cores, out of the NL West um, and into, into Boston, into the ALEs. You know, I think from a tools perspective, he's got it all. I mean, he's, you know, historically hit for average. He's had power, um, had pop, had speed, plays a good infield. So I think that, you know, he brings a lot to the team. Seems like he's going to fit in with the guys really well too. Um, I know there's been a lot of talk around his, you know, splits home and away from cores versus, you know, uh, playing at, a, at away ballparks from the Rockies. But um, I think that, you know, that had like, if you look at people like Nolan Ar- Arenado and, and other stars that came from the Rockies, they haven't, you know, had a huge drop off in performance. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, with the monster and that being 340 something feet away from home plate, I think that Trevor Story is going to use that to his advantage. You know, maybe some of those cores homers turn to singles and doubles, but he'll be a good, you know, on base guy. Um, and also, if we look at, you know, people talked about his last year, you know, hitting in the 250s, which is true. But if you look at his end of the year, he had six home runs in September and five in August. So um, definitely better performance at the end of the year that um, makes me optimistic for how he's going to fit into this new team. And, you know, when you have Trevor Story batting sixth against right-handed pitchers, mm. your lineup's in a pretty good spot, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there's no question that he's just going to be able to produce a lot offensively. Um, and I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see the transition from short to second, but, you know, I don't really think that that's going to be as much of an issue as maybe some people might think, but I think you're going to see him fit in pretty well with, with the team. And I think it's good that, you know, already there are plenty of guys that seem to have, had a lot to do with his signing here. You know, some guys like, like Bogarts and even Alex Gora, you know, reaching out to him and letting him know that, you know, coming to Boston would be a, a great option for him. So I'm very excited to see what, what he can do um, early on in, in the year. Yeah. And I felt like it was time for them to like make a splash too. I know that's not normally Haim style with his, mm-hmm. you know, with, with the way he did for the Rays and, you know, it's funny. I hear people talk about like, Oh, the Rays, the Red Sox are becoming the Rays. <laughs> Sounds good to me. They've had so much sustained success. So like, it's, you know, might not yeah. be the big flashy names, but mm-hmm. I think with the arms race that the AL East and the ALs turned into, I think it was time for, for Hyam to do something for this year because this team can contend. This team can yeah. make a splash. And I think that the Trevor story piece just adds another bat to their already potent and like very strong lineup from different perspectives too. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I definitely agree with that. You know, I think that it makes sense to go swing big for someone like this. I think, especially when you look at what this group can do offensively and, you know, what this group was even able to do last year that, okay, you know, you just add another bat to this team, you know, they should be fine and should be able to, to compete, you know, assuming that the pitching can hold up, which is kind of where uh, I wanted to go for the next kind of segment, if, if you will, um, in terms of taking a look at some of the biggest questions for the team coming into the season. So um, one of the things that I'm most curious about is uh, what the Red Sox see from Tanner Huck this year as a starter. Um, and I think obviously we know that he's got some really good stuff that can be really hard to hit at times, but I also feel like we've seen him at uh, his worst where it's hard for him to find the the strike zone, he can sometimes be erratic. So that's kind of my biggest question, which Tanner, how do we see for the majority of this season? Yeah, I know that's going to be a, be a wild card. I'm thinking that there would definitely be a, you know, 
some sophomore slump there and maybe some, you know, some of the, the shine is wore off a little bit and hitters mm-hmm. will start to figure him out. Um, you talk about the control problems too. I mean, you, you look at the game he had yesterday in spring training, pitched a solid, I think it was four, maybe five innings. I don't think he allowed a run, but he hit three batters. So like, yeah. um, and didn't have many walks, but again, you know, the control is, is a little bit of a problem. I think he's going to, I think he's going to be able to establish himself as like the consistent, maybe a little bit more consistent than like a guy like Waka or a guy mm-hmm. like Hill um, okay. in the rotation. I think that, you know, ideally when sale comes back, whether that's early May, mid May, what have you, how turns into your number four starter. And I'll take that. Um, I think he's a, be a really solid, solid four starter. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it just, yeah, it's going to be a matter of control. Um, but I think like, what he showed last year, what he showed in the playoffs definitely, you know, shows he's ready. I think it's just some of the fine tuning as he goes into year two. Yeah, I definitely agree. You know, and I think they're going to be counting on Pavetta to have a good year again. Um, And, you know, it's interesting you mentioned someone like Rich Hill, who I think, you know, will probably still be able to give them some starts, Um, you know, but I guess I'm just very curious to see how the rotation can do without sale and, you know, can they stay afloat, which I think that they should be able to. I mean, they did for almost the majority of last year. Um, but, you know, that's something that I'm very curious to pay attention to. Yeah, I think the rotation is going to be really interesting. I mean, Rich Hill, you look at his stats, he had a below four ERA for New York, for the Mets in the second half of last year. So, like, this is a guy that he was pitching in the NL East with, you know, big bats and the Phillies, Braves, Nationals lineup. And, and he wasn't – and he was – had a sub four ERA like like that that'll play in the AL East. I mean, I know he's like forty two years old, so like definitely age is a factor. Yeah. Um, but I mean, so far this spring he's thrown five innings and hasn't allowed a run yet. So small sample size, spring training. But yeah. you know that combined with his end of year performance, I I think that you know having him as your number five right now. But then think about it when Sale comes back in like May or mid May. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were talking about Paxton earlier. Um, he's on slate for like July, I think it is to come back. So you look at all very hypothetical, but like, let's say no one else gets injured. You have a rotation of Evaldi be your number one, Sale be your number two, and then Paxton your three, Pavetta your four, Hulk your five, and then you got Waka and Hill as like long relief guys too. So mm-hmm. you know, get, getting later into the season, but I think that. Um, yeah, I think it's the rotation could definitely shape up that way, especially if with the, the guys returning from injury. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious to to see how that works. Any any big questions that you have coming into the year? I'm curious what the closer is going to be. You know, I was doing mm. a little research, was thinking about it. Um, and like I kind of did, I don't want to say I didn't care, but I was like, oh, it'll probably be Barnes. Like if it's not Barnes, like Brazier will take it or something. But like, mm. you know, Brazier had a good season last season, except for the postseason when, you know, that kind of turned for him and he's had kind of a tough spring. So um, it may be him, but I'm, you know, I've had my, had my eye on Garrett Whitlock. I think that's another thing that people have been talking around is like, will he be a starter? Will he be a reliever? I feel like Cora wants to keep him in the bullpen, which personally I am also in favor of. I think that you look at what they tried to do with Daniel Bard, that didn't yes. quite work, you know, converting him to a starter. So Mm-hmm. Whitlock was dynamite last year and you know he has he's pitched five innings so far this spring not a lot of run um I saw a couple of places projecting him as the closer too which would be I'd be in favor of that I think he has great stuff so um that's one of my big questions is who will close and, and mm-hmm. how will that look 
Yeah, I would definitely agree as, you know, that was another thing that I was curious about as well. Um, you know, obviously we know how well Barnes did, you know, for kind of the first half of the year, obviously it was named to the all-star team, but uh, kind of fell apart in the second half. So, um, you know, hoping that he can keep it together for a full season, but, you know, it's also nice to know that you have someone like, you know, Whitlock in the bullpen as well, that, you know, he can step in if things um, get out of hand like they did last year. Um, one of the other things that I'm curious about is um, can Dahlbeck be a consistent piece in the offense? And um, obviously we all saw what he did in the second half of the year last year. It was uh, pretty impressive, but I think if he can perform anywhere close to that for a full season, this team is going to be even more dangerous offensively. That's one thing. I think he's kind of their secret weapon. You mm-hmm. bring up the second half last year. He was their third best hitter in the second half. And like, you look at he okay he had four months or two months somewhere in that range of like the first half of the year to adjust to big league mm-hmm. pitching to get more ingrained in the lineup but he played really well the second half of last year 15 homers 42 rbis like that'll that'll play that's really good numbers and i think that yeah you know if, if he's our he'll be batting seventh like mm-hmm. that's that's pretty good um i mean you look at his spring so far three homers hitting 370 so like he's, he's performing well in spring. I mean, he performed very well in spring training last year, but I do think that he, it's interesting. I feel like he's either going to do amazing and like be a franchise piece for this team mm-hmm. is going to do well enough to be a good trade piece at the, at the uh, trade deadline mm-hmm. or might underperform. But I really think too, a, a good indicator is his strikeouts. And so far this spring with strikeouts, he's, 10th in the team in strikeouts so not at the top of the list but he mm. has the most at bats so like he's getting the reps and he's not striking out as much as some of the other guys too so i think that if that swing and miss rate goes down i think he has a, a potential to be very dangerous yeah yeah absolutely and i think you know also curious to see you know what he can what he can do defensively you know i thought that he was pretty decent you know kind of was uh kind of kind of unfortunate that he was kind of the the odd man out in the playoffs last year when, you know, Schwarber came in and obviously you want to keep his bat in the lineup, but, you know, obviously he's not really someone that's familiar with playing first base. Um, so it's just nice that, you know, uh, you know, it sucks to lose someone like Schwarber, but it's nice to know that we have uh, someone who has experience playing first base and is not playing it for the first time in their lives. That was uh, just, that was quite an experience to watch Schwarber play first base. It was so funny though in the playoffs when he like underhanded a baller. There was something he did and they like tipped his cap on like a like on what you think was a routine play. So yeah. um I definitely definitely miss uh miss Kyle from Waltham, but uh yeah. <laughs> he'll be in that slugging Phillies lineup down down there. So that'll be yeah. fun to watch too. Do do we know if the Phillies make a trip to Fenway this year? I don't know. I know the Cardinals do. It's for, it'll be uh Pujols' first time. I heard this pool's first time playing at Fenway since the 04 world series. That's hard for me to believe though. Like I felt like That's, he would have played yeah. with him for the angels. So don't whoever's listening. Don't, you know, quote me on that, but I thought I saw that somewhere. So. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't feel like that's right. <laughs> I don't um, want to be spreading false news on here. Yeah, but. <laughs> seriously. Um, I'm just trying to look real quick. Um, just if they play the Phillies, see if, uh, gets a rotation but my quick looking at the schedule it doesn't look like they make a trip so um 
but um, any other any other big questions that you are curious about? Um, who are some other guys in the bullpen who you're who you who you are watching this year? Well, I think you know the pair of guys that they signed, uh, Matt Strom and uh, Jake Diekman. Um, very curious to see how the two of them fit in. Um, Darwinson Hernandez. I'm also curious about. You know, he's a guy who you know, at times has stuff that's really, really good, but sometimes, you know, he's got the issues with control. So um, those are a couple of guys that I'm curious to watch. Um, fascinated to see like what situations they get put in. Um, you know, are they guys that become pitchers that you can throw in if guys are on base to start innings, to, to finish innings, you know, I'm very curious to see you know, what the situations are that they bring relievers in. Um, so I would definitely say, say those guys. Yeah, I think it'll be really, really interesting to see. Um, I'll throw a couple of names out for you um, for the, on the prospect side of guys that might have a shot at cracking the bullpen. I think one of them's already been reassigned to minor league camp, so maybe he'd be a call up at some point, but let me give you Zach Kelly and Cutter Crawford. Um, yeah. Zach Kelly, they're, they're both about 26, 27 years old. Zach Kelly had a 218 ERA last year in 45 innings for double A AA and triple A. And he's pitched this spring for the big team, uh, pitched well. He had 14 strikeouts per nine innings in the minors um, mm. and has had a really good velocity too. You know, they, they don't have the radar guns up and running all the time at, at spring training, but he's getting good movement and velocity on his fastballs this year. So, Zach Kelly is a guy that's being talked about and like, you know, obviously they have other guys in the bullpen, but could see him making the big club at some point. And then Cutter Crawford, interesting guy there. He, Cora still has not cut him. He's still with the big club. Um, he's on the 40 man roster, still at the big club. Hmm. And uh, he's topped out 98 this spring um, in the bullpen. He's had like a 225 ERA. Um, he came up last year made one spot start against Cleveland and got like shelled in two innings, mm -hmm. but he's had a historical historically good track record in like double A AA and triple A. So um, looks really good this spring. So I think that Crawford could be another guy who could sneak in, you know, with these expanded rosters that they have until end of April. Hmm. That's very interesting. You know, I think um, their, their farm system, I think, you know, a few years ago really was not in the best shape, but, you know, now obviously with some trades and, um, you know, some guys that they brought in through the draft and, and whatnot. I'm curious to see, you know, what that looks like. And, um, you know, not exactly a pitcher, but, you know, Duran's a guy who I'm curious to see if he gets a call up to the Sox at some point this year, um, you know, probably will be, you know, if there's an, an injury or, you know, he plays really well that it's impossible to, to ignore him. I'm curious about him as well. So yeah, same with Tristan Cassius too. I think they have like some good guys yeah. down there who like getting time. And I'm curious, see how the team works out. Like if if, if Bobby Dahlbeck's hitting 300 and hitting hitting you know 30, 40 home runs, is do they look at a trade in mm -hmm. the in the middle of the summer and mm -hmm. Cassius goes to like Oakland or something for like a Sean Murphy, like a player like that, like a you know another catcher, or like a goes to Miami to get like Solaire or something. You know, it's interesting, all those, I don't know if you've been following this piece, but like all of the big free agents that have been signing those contracts with a bunch of opt-outs, opt like Car Carlos Correa signs a three-year deal with Minnesota, 
with an opt-out after every season if he wants it. So, like, I feel like this summer's trade market will also be pretty hot because, yes. you know, those guys aren't guaranteed to be on their teams for longer than a year or two. They can choose to opt out. So, wouldn't be surprised if some of those guys who just signed get traded in, in July, too. So, sure, it'll be an interesting summer for contenders. Yeah. So, kind of moving back to um, expectations, you know, and I think going into last year, there really weren't any expectations with uh, the team, but obviously they, they outperformed them and, you know, made it to within two wins of the World Series. Um, but obviously, considering what they did last year, I feel like this season, the expectations are now going to be, okay, you got to make the playoffs, you got to, you know, make some noise. Um, how do you think this group's going to perform now with, you know, these pretty high expectations? I think they'll still, so uh, caveat to your viewers, I'm an optimist. And I, <laughs> I always believe that the sports teams will perform well and do very well. Yes. Um, but I, I have high hopes for the Sox this year. I think the sky's the limit as far as the offense will take them. So, mm. you know, I see guys like like Dahlbeck and, and Raffi and Story. I'm like, it could be wild the way this this team looks mm. um I, I was thinking about it i'm going to give you a 10 win ballpark 84 or 94 wins i don't think they're going to do worse yeah. than 84 i don't think they're going to you know pull out a 108 win season like they had in in 2018 yeah um mm. i think they'll make the playoffs I think they'll either be a wild card team or they'll or they'll make a push for the ALEs title um mm. is going to be a competitive competitive um division this year yes Everyone's talking about the Blue Jays being ready to go. And, you know, they made a lot of improvements signing Chapman and Matt Chapman and guys like that. But mm-hmm. at, at the same time, too, I feel like no one's talking about how they lost Marcus Simeon, who hit over 40 home runs last year, and lost Robbie Ray, who won the NL, uh, AL Cy Young. So, like, they did lose two huge pieces. So, I don't think they're, you know, um, they're as, like, much in the driver's seat as everyone says. I think it's going to be definitely going to be a tight one um, in the AL East. and. I could see all four teams other than the Orioles, sadly, yeah. um, performing well this year. So yeah. what, are, what are your thoughts on expectations? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, I definitely agree that this division is probably going to be the probably going to be the most hotly contested. Um, I think when you just look at the four teams at the top, Red Sox, Yankees, Blue Jays and, and Rays, you know, I think you mentioned the Blue Jays, but, you know, obviously Tampa Bay and New York made the playoffs last year. So, you know, you have four possible playoff teams. So I think there's, there's no reason to believe that the Red Sox can't, you know, compete with those teams because they did for the most part last year. So I think that it's realistic to expect that this team makes the playoffs. You know, I think we have to be careful in terms of, you know, being like, oh, you know, if they don't win the World Series, you know, it's a failure. And I think, you know, naturally, it's easy to come to that. It's 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 easy to kind of come to that conclusion when, you know, you live in Boston, where it's like championship or bust, pretty much. Um, but I think if this team goes to the playoffs, goes back to ALCS, you know, I think that there's reason to be, you know, optimistic that this team can, you know maybe get there, maybe get further. You know, I think um, when you just look at this team from a pure talent standpoint, I think definitely they have the right pieces that they could, you know, go back to a championship series, 
go to a World Series. You know, very curious to see what things look like in July. You know, do they try to bring in another big time player that kind of, you know, elevates them kind of like Schwarber did last year? Um, you know, I think we're trying not to get too far into the future, but I think they have to figure out what they're doing with Devers and Bogarts. Um, but I think just for this season, it's fair to expect that this team can be a playoff team, you know, and just see what happens in the playoffs. Yeah, no, I, I definitely feel you. Am I overreacting and thinking that, uh, that Raphael Devers is going to be in the top four of MVP, MVP voting? I just, I'm watching him in spring training and I, again, I know it's spring training. I know I'm the optimist, but like, <laughs> he looks really good. He looks really, really good. So yeah. It's going to be tough competing with like guys like Shohei and everything, but I think Devers is posed for a breakout season. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely agree with that. You know, I think his defense is going to be his defense. It's going to be what it's going to be, but you know, yeah, he's a guy who can mash and, you know, it's, yeah, it's pretty crazy to think about what he is going to do probably for the next few years. Um, And probably wild to think about what type of contract he could get, assuming it's from the Red Sox. I don't really want to, talk about that much further than that, but (laughs) he's going to be special and he's going to be special for quite a long time. Yeah. I feel like he's, you know, continuing to mature too, which is really, really exciting to see. And I think Cora was talking about that the other day too. And I think it's, we'll just be neat to kind of watch him come into his own. So Mm -hmm. definitely exciting. So I'm going to ask you kind of a individual type question. Uh, Who, which player do you think is the most important to, the Red Sox and their success this year. Yeah, I'll. Uh, hmm, that's a good one. I'll give you an. I'll give you an answer, especially for the first first couple months. Is I think the way the team starts is going to be really important for the team. Like, if they're have April May with a losing record, I don't think that fans are going to be happy. Players aren't going to be happy. It's not going to set them up well for success the rest of the year. I mean, that's obvious. I sound like Booker McFarland saying all this, but. You know, um, you know, I think so to answer your question, Native Aldi, you know, you look at the rotation and he is the one guy in the rotation right now without sale that has proven himself consistently over many years at a high level. Mm-hmm. And if and they need that ace, they need that number one. So, like, mm-hmm. I think of Aldi, um, he's a he's a team leader. He's a pitching. He's a staff leader. And I think that, you know he's going to be the most valuable guy to the team early on because if he can at least provide some certainty to the rotation, that'll go a long way when the, when the other ones are, when the other spots are um, a little less certain or a little more underdeveloped, but that's kind of my thought there. Mm. Well, that's, uh, that's frustrating because that's exactly who I was going to say. <laughs> no way. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, but I think um, just kind of thinking about this team and um you know, who do you, who you expect to step up from a leadership perspective? Um, you know, I think Bogarts is definitely up there in terms of being a guy who is most important to the team's success. Now, obviously, Evaldi is incredibly important because without Sale, he's kind of your, your ace in the rotation at the moment. But I think someone like Bogarts is a guy who can get the guys, get the guys ready, get the guys excited. He's a guy who's been here forever. You know, he's the only guy in this roster that's I've uh, got two World Series rings from, you know, the Red Sox teams from uh, 13 and, and 18. You know, he's kind of the elder statesman at this point, uh, which is kind of wild to think about because I still remember him as a 
a rookie on that 2013 team. Um, but I think he's kind of the, the heartbeat and the soul of the team. So I think the team kind of goes as he goes. You know, if he gets off to a good start, I think the team will get off to a good start. You know, if he struggles, I think the team's going to struggle. But I think, you know, he's a guy that um, you kind of know what you're going to kind of know what you're going to get from him. Um, and I think, you know, he's a guy that can kind of be a, a steadying force on the, on the team. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I mean, you look at the leaders of leaders of the batters and the leaders of the pitchers, you've got Bogarts and Evaldi, both from like a, at this point, like talent standpoint, as well as, as well as like a, you know, a team leader standpoint with the way things are with the, with the, with the way the current club is uh, con- current active roster is constructed. So mm-hmm. yeah, it should be exciting to see those guys kind of guys lead the year, but that's funny. You were also thinking, uh, thinking Nate, I thought you were going to like come out with me with like, uh, with like, uh, uh, like a Robles or like a Matt Strom being your, being your uh, top player for the year, but um, yeah, you know, all, all overall guys, it'll be, it'll be a fun, fun start to the year. I'm just excited. Baseball's coming back. So to get a uh, kind of uh, looking in, looking into a crystal ball, uh, what do you, what do you think for, for the record? You know, I know you said 84, 94 wins. What do you think the record's going to be? Where do you think they're going to finish in the division? trying to give you the realistic answer here let's let's go 90 and 72 okay let's let's put them second in the division Mm -hmm. i'll go i'll go 93 and 69 yeah also second in division uh it's kind of undecided who i think is going to win the division but i like them kind of in there you know making uh making the playoffs um how far do you think they go in the playoffs just uh just to throw it out there Send them to the moon, take them to the World Series. I think yeah. that it's going to be tough to beat the Dodgers in the World Series. I don't even need to, you know, talk about what's going. I mean, Braves are going to be good too. It's, it's going to NL is going to be really fun this year, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of those teams loaded up, but let's let's put them in the World Series. And after that, it's too early to predict, but I'll put them in the World Series. All right, you know what? Yeah, I'll put them in the World Series. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, really looking forward to this season. Uh, season kicks off a week from today. Red Sox will be. Um, in the Bronx, take on the Yankees. Uh, the Red Sox do have a couple of spring training games uh, before they start the season. They uh, will play Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, Atlanta, and then they will play Minnesota twice before they start the season, April 7th. So uh, any any other thoughts you got for this, uh, for this team? Yeah, I'm just, like I said, just excited for it to be back. I think that, you know, we got minor league big- baseball kicking off next Tuesday on April 5th too. So um, excited to see how the, the guys down in, uh, in Worcester perform triple a Red Sox, as well as in Portland, double a. Um, I love the organization. I think high made a lot of good moves. I think they're, you know, obviously we can make improvements in the pitching in the rotation and in the bullpen, but I think that, you know, you got a lot of guys who are capable and I think that, I think it'll be a fun team. Um, and, you know, our, our expectations are always high in Boston. So, yes, it's championship or, or bust sometimes, but I think that watching the way they're developing this team, I think that, you know, they're, po- they're now posed, especially if they're, you know, they re-sign guys like Bogarts and Devers, they're poised to compete for the next, you know, three, four, five years at least. Mm-hmm. So, like, he's setting up well. We have good pitchers coming up the pipeline too. So there's, there's a lot to be optimistic for if you're a Red Sox fan. And I think, you know, it's just a sign of spring for us here in Boston too of, like, 
baseball's back and mm-hmm. you know all of those things too you got the marathon coming up lots of yeah. uh, lots of exciting things and um can can welcome in the new season yeah yeah you know just uh i think we all breathed a sigh of relief when uh, the news came down the lockout was over that finally we'll uh, get a get a definite start for for baseball because i'll be honest i was not looking forward to a uh a spring and summer without baseball, you know, things really got out of hand. So good to know that it's back. The walkout was so stressful to me being yeah. uh, like, I just would like follow it all the time. And like, they yeah. kept feeling they were getting close, but they weren't really, I think that, you know, I, I know it took concessions to get to that final deal, but I'm, I'm really glad that they were able to, to reach that. And I think, you know, from what I've heard, I think the CBA sets them up well for the next five years. So and gives the players more room for negotiation when it comes to the next one too. So mm-hmm. super psyched baseball's back and got our, got our socks back too. Let's, let's get a series win down, down the Bronx start off. Let's get at least two out of three. That would be great. That would be great. All right. Uh, thanks Evan. This great conversation. And uh, we look forward to hearing more from you maybe uh, later on in the season. Sounds good. Thanks. Gary. All right. All right, everyone. Uh, have a great weekend. We'll be back with you next week.